Hey, welcome back to Flip Flops and People Ops. If you're new here, this is the show that helps you think through how to drive engagement because it's not easy. And I give you all the best practical tips and philosophies for you to buy into and help share with your CEO and be like, look, it's not just me that's on the hook for this. It's you. It's our people managers. I'm here to help make it a little bit easier. If you're not new here, welcome to my office. It's changed again. I'm getting closer. Um, If you've been listening for a while, you know, I've moved twice this year and this is the most unpacked my office has been in my new house. This is my houseplant Heinrich. I have um, two others. All of my plants have names. If you ever want to send me a message on LinkedIn and just ask me a question about engagement, please do. I will always respond. But also if you want to talk about something else that's super nerdy, if you're into houseplants and you want to talk houseplants, I would love that. Or if you just want to tell me in the comments, if you're watching on YouTube or tell me on LinkedIn, what your hobby is to make sure that you have some joy at some point in your day. What do you do for fun? Because sometimes we forget to have fun. This episode today is about your mission, your vision, and your value statement and what to do if you don't have one or what might be wrong with yours if they're not working, and then how to figure out if they're working. This is kind of a two-part episode, and next week, next week's episode will be a little bit of a follow-up to this. So let's start with some definitions before we talk about what could be done to optimize yours or what to do if you don't have any of these. But let's, let's get clear on what they are. A mission statement is primarily focused on the present. It clarifies your company's current scope, your operations, your objectives, and outlines your core activities, your market that you serve or several, and the value it provides. So an example mission statement is to provide high quality, affordable healthcare solutions to underserved communities globally. See, that was a really targeted sentence. It's shorter than your vision. And I'll tell you why in a second. The language is very action oriented and it captures the essence of your identity of your company right now. A vision statement is a aspiration. It's a future statement. It's where are you going? Where do you aim to be in the future as a company? They can be slightly longer than your mission statement. They often are because it includes specific targets, milestones, or values that guide your journey towards its vision. It describes how you want to leave an impact on the world. What is your company's legacy going to be? This is your your vision board. Remember when those were a thing? When you're like, this is who I want to be. And for some people that worked. Your mission and your vision. Your mission is your current, what are you? Your vision is what will you become? And they're different. That's why you have both of them. Some companies have one or the other and they're like, we don't have a vision statement. We have a mission statement. And I'm like, if you have one and not the other, it's kind of like having half of an identity. So while these two statements are different, they're supposed to be interconnected. That's why if you have one and not the other, you're kind of missing the point. So the mission defines your core purpose and activities and your vision provides a future oriented perspective and sets a strategic direction for your organization to achieve its mission. Your vision helps you achieve your mission. And then eventually you want your vision to become your new mission. So, you know, I love my metaphors. Imagine all of your employees are in a boat and everybody has an oar. And if your mission statement is not figured out, you're present or it's not dialed in or it's not correct. That's the same as everybody not rowing at the same time. If everyone's rowing at different times, it's kind of be like a choppy ride. Your mission statement when everyone's bought in gets everyone rowing at the same pace, just like a college rowing team. And you see them fly through the water and you're like, whoa, look at them. They are dialed in. Your vision statement is kind of like, do we know where we're going? Sure, we're all rowing at the same pace and this feels good, but 
are we headed into the middle of the Atlantic Ocean? Because nobody really seems to know why we're going in this direction. And I haven't seen land in quite a long time. And this is getting scary. When your vision is dialed in, your employees are like, this is how we row. And we are going west to that island. That is what is next. So then your value statements are basically like, how does everybody treat each other on the boat? How are decisions made on the boat? Because if it's total anarchy and you're out in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean trying to get your, to your island, all rowing at the same time, if there are no rules of engagement, then people could get pushed off the boat or who knows? That, that sounds kind of like just a, a bad team building exercise. So your value statements, this is what companies really miss. Your value statements are supposed to be a framework by which your employees make decisions on how to get the work done, how to treat each other, and what to do in difficult situations. And I see a lot of companies get this wrong. They pick values without ever asking employees what's important to them. And they're kind of like, these are our values. And they announce it as soon as they're picked and they never revisit it. They put it on their website. They put it in their job descriptions. It's never discussed again. And if you ask any employee, what's our values? I guarantee you 9.9 out of 10 employees at the current company they're at will be like, I have no idea what our values are. I saw them once during onboarding and I never thought about them again. That's kind of like going through life without an idea of what you want to achieve, your vision, going through your day-to-day without ever having the discipline or the routine, your mission, the current, and just kind of having a personality that does whatever it wants. That's like not having any values. I think a good way to kick this off with your company, you might want to check with your CEO, but just be like, hey, we're a people first company. We created our mission, vision, and values years ago. And I bet you we could do better. There's an opportunity for us to make a people first experience here at the next all hands and give away gift cards. Say, who can rattle off our mission statement? Who can do our vision statement? Who knows all of our values? Someone might know them but I would gauge like the lack of raising hands if you're in the office or even if you're virtual, when you say, I have a gift card, I have a couple questions, people are going to be listening. They can virtually raise their hand in Google Hangout or whatever video tool you're using. If you don't get a bunch of people raising their hand to answer the question, how do you, do you know our values? What is our mission statement? What is our vision statement? If you don't get a lot of participation, it is time to revisit it. And you really don't even want to maybe reiterate what you currently have because it's clearly not resonating or it's not working. So when that happens, tell your CEO, I just want to see how much this resonates because this is the basics of, I know what's expected of me at work, which is one of the first of the employee hierarchy of needs. And if you haven't listened to that episode, I'll link out to it in the show notes. Just tell your CEO you have a you have a hunch that it might be time to revisit um, your mission, vision, and values, which is going to lead into the episode next week about what is your culture like and how do you diagnose the current state of your culture. If everyone raises their hand and wants to tell you what your mission, vision, and value statement is, stop listening to this episode and you are done. Congratulations. Wait till next week when we diagnose your culture. But I have to imagine most of you would say, you know what? I probably couldn't even rattle off our vision statement and I'm the people ops person. This is a really important thing to get right. It's kind of like your ethics. It's why your company exists. And if that's not figured out, your employees aren't going to be engaged. And if it's not figured out, communicated well, built by both the leadership team and the employees, and then communicated and reiterated, it's never going to be something that your companies believe in. It's never going to be something they use to get their work done. It's never going to be something that they feel like there are rules, regulations, and basically just a framework to treat each other and get the work done. So you need that in place for your people to be engaged. Otherwise, it's just kind of going to be like, you're going to be another company that just has all of this on its website and it lives and dies there. So I just taught you how to make a mission and a vision statement. If you don't have those, start there with your leadership team and be like, listen, guys, this 
is why our company exists and where we plan to go. We have to have this in place, get that figured out. Then we come to your values. And this is where people get into the bad habit of being like transparency and respect. And that worked in the nineties and the early two thousands and the late 2010s. What do we call this now? But we're in 2023 and people aren't living to work anymore. They're working to live. They really kind of won't pay attention to and don't care about your, your, your half effort. You really have to get this right in order for your people to be engaged and stay and be bought into the company. So a good way to get started is to tell your people at the next all hands or just in a follow-up survey, say, Hey, remember at the all hands when we all kind of really didn't know our mission, vision, and values that's on us. Don't put it on them. Be like, you should know this. Guess what? It's not their job to memorize the employee handbook. Say, we want to hear your feedback on what you think it's like to work at this company and what you wish it was like. Pingboard makes this really easy, by the way. We have a survey tool that makes it so simple for you to schedule surveys ahead of time, target certain teams. We nudge your employees for you so you don't have the annoying task of being like, hey, Peter, take your survey. And Peter's like, what? How do you know I didn't take my survey? We do that for you to maintain the trust in the feedback loop that you're trying to create because you're trying to be a people first company and get feedback from your employees regularly and act on it. So in this survey though, you're going to ask, here's our current core values. Do a checkbox. What core values or principles do you believe are currently embraced and lived by our organization? Another question would be, in your opinion, what values should be the foundation of our organization's culture moving forward? And you can even put in parentheses, don't overthink it. What words come to mind when you think of what's missing? You could even say words or phrases because they might be like, we have too many meetings or I think we serve too many industries. Your employees might surprise you with the really targeted feedback that you need. Then you're going to ask an open-ended question. Can you provide an example or examples of situations or behaviors that exemplify the current values and explain why they are significant? And if nobody has anything to say, we're going to cut those values out because none of them are working. But if you notice the goal of this survey is to show you clear patterns, what's resonating, what's not, and you're asking it in different ways. Some other questions you could ask are what values do you think are essential for fostering a positive and thriving work environment? Another question is how well do the current values align with our organization's mission, vision, and goals? Hopefully you have company goals. That's another episode. And then a Likert scale, that's one to five. Again, Pingboard does this for you, but crying face through happy emoji or scale one to five. How effectively do you think the current values are being communicated and reinforced within the organization? Or have you ever seen your manager or a team member make a decision by one of our value statements? And I love this next question because I can tell you what the answer usually is. The question is, it's open-ended. How can we ensure that the values we define are not just words on a wall, but deeply ingrained in the organization's culture and actively practiced by employees? You know what they're going to say? They're going to say, I want to see the leadership team understand, know, and make decisions by our values. And they're right. You know that phrase. You know what rolls downhill. When employees don't see leaders leading by example, then they're going to be like, it doesn't matter. And if your CEO is not bought into revisiting this, send out a survey, like a quick pulse survey. You need to have permission to do that basically whenever you want. If you have a CEO who's cowboying and gatekeeping your ability to send surveys because they're like afraid of survey fatigue, it's actually kind of not their decision. That's your job and it's your expertise to say, I need an ongoing feedback loop so that I can deliver a better employee experience because that's what drives engagement and that's what drives productivity and revenue, Mrs. or Mr. CEO. So respectfully, this is part of my job. And this is what you hired me to do. So go get that data and ask, ask your employees, can you describe a time when you made a decision by referring to one of our values? And then you can ask in a Likert scale again, scale one to five, make a statement that they would react to. I use our values 
as a framework to make decisions in my workday. If you get anything less than a three, I would even say a four. I would point to it and tell your CEO, we need to revisit our values. And even if they maybe are good, we just need to reiterate them and make sure that employees know what they are and know why they exist. So you're going to get all that feedback from employees. You might get some really important key words that, that you're like, oh my gosh, I hadn't considered this or listen to this great moment where someone went above and beyond and did something excellent and it was living up to one of our values. And then you'll notice quickly, oh my God, nobody mentions this value. Nobody knows this value. Get rid of it. From there, you want to survey a couple of your customers too. And you want to say, um, what words come to mind when you think about working with our company and the, the value we provide you? We are going through a values exercise. As our customer, we want to hear from your perspective and have you in mind when we are thinking about internal decision-making. And our value statements are very important. It's a framework by which our employees make decisions. And we want to know what you think. So you should also survey your customers because they have a very valuable insight into what their perception is of your company and what their expectations are and their preferences. This can even help you refine your mission and your vision or even start them if you don't have them. So some survey questions you could ask some key customers are what initially attracted you to our company or brand and what values or qualities do you associate with us? You can ask, in your opinion, what values do you think our company should prioritize and embody? You can ask, how well do you believe our current values align with your expectations as a customer? And then you list out your values. Um, you could even say, which of these current values align with your expectations as a customer? Check none or all or anything in between. Then you ask things like, are there any specific experiences or interactions with our company that exemplify the values you appreciate the most? Please provide examples. Maybe you have great customer service. Maybe your product is best in class. Maybe your product is very affordable. Maybe your product is very delightful. These are the little key indicators that help you figure out the direction of, of really what your culture is like. You could also ask, do you feel that our current company values positively differentiate us from, from our competitors? They'll tell you. They'll be like, no, you're exactly like so-and-so. Or they'll be like, yeah, like I love that you guys have fanatical customer service. Um, that's from Rackspace. Because every time I call, someone answers right away. They stay on the phone with me. They answer my problem. You know, I, I think that value is really aligned. Involve your customers, involve your employees, and just get those keywords. Do that, do that initial dragnet of data to be like, what's the current state of what's working and what's not with our values? Then just get with the leadership team and be like, is our mission and vision statement actually what we want to be and what we're doing? Get that dialed in. Maybe you don't need to make any changes, but then, then you take away... Um, some patterns from the data and say, make a slide deck with the leadership team and show them and be like, look, this value was never brought up. This value is really important to everyone, but they say that we don't live by it. Um, this value is important. And look at all these examples that came up. So here's my recommendations. We scratch these three. We need to maybe figure out one or two more there. By the way, there's no golden rule that says you have to have five to seven values. I think some companies get stuck on like, this isn't enough, but because there's no magical number, here's just some various aspects of your organization's operations and your culture and basically the relationships. So when you're redefining your values, you don't have to have one for each of these buckets, but I'm going to help you think through like, this is what's missing. We don't have one for productivity. We don't have one for this. So here's just some buckets. Your culture, your ethics and integrity, your focus on your customers, excellence and quality, collaboration and teamwork, productivity, 
respect and diversity, accountability and ownership, adaptability and agility, work-life balance and well-being, and social responsibility. Again, you don't need a value for every one of those. You as in a, a leadership team and your employee, you should pull your employees and be like, which of these is most important to you? Guarantee you number one answer is going to be like work-life balance. And the leadership team's number one answer is not going to be work-life balance. Probably that's a time when like, it's a clash of the Titans. You need to ask the employees, like which of these are most important to you? Cause our values will maybe map to these. Don't let your leadership team build values in a vacuum. That is like telling a lot of other adults how to act and behave and live out their life without even considering who they are as people. It's like telling a child who has certain interests and skills and hobbies to be like, you will be an ice skater. You will get up at 5am and you will always eat spaghetti on Tuesdays. They're going to be like, no, thank you. That's the same thing as when you prescribe values without ever asking employees what matters to them. When you do roll out your values, they'll be a lot more likely to buy into them because they'll remember that they helped create them. That's being a people first company, a revenue first company picks from these buckets. And they're like, we value customer focus, excellence, and skip work-life balance, skip ethics, uh, skip social responsibility, skip diversity. Um, yeah, basically just like we care about money. I don't want to work for that company. And I've worked for a couple of those companies. That's, it wasn't fun. I didn't stay very long either. The whole goal of this show is to help you stop your turnover and your voluntary, like quiet, quitting, apathetic army of zombies and drive productivity and get your people to stay. If ever you're in a situation where the leadership team is just making big decisions, but it's really a whole company thing that needs to be shaped by asking the people, just raise your hand and be like, Hey, so are we a revenue first company or a people first company? Because there's a difference. And for this to really resonate and for our employees to buy in, we would really benefit and drive engagement by involving them in the process. And it actually will make it easier because we're not going to be wondering if we picked the right stuff. I say this on the show all the time. The answers are all with your people. You just have to get really good at asking. If you really want to have a successful people ops career and level up, maybe your goal is to get to be chief people officer. You have to get really good at employee surveys. I have some episodes that I'll link out to. There's three types. There are different cadences to them and there's different types of questions you want to ask. And there's a whole strategy to creating a feedback loop. But if you're ever at a company and they're like, we're do deciding this for the employees, just be like, have we asked the employees if this is what they want? You're kind of like the voice in the back, like someone speaks out of the shadows and everyone's like, who is that? And you're like, it's me, the HR person. It's me, the people ops person, um, whose job it is to deliver a better employee experience. Before we just make this decision, is this what our people said they wanted? Because if it's not, what are we doing this for? This is going to be a big waste of energy, a big waste of potential resources and time. And we are trying to drive revenue. So people first is what drives revenue in the long run. What say you? Let me survey our people first. When that happens, send me a message and be like, I did it. And they were like, oh my gosh, you're right. So some other things just to consider as you're redoing your values, you should be surveying your employees, surveying your customers, which will give you a lot of data. You could even jump into chat GPT and be like, here's our current values and the ones we're keeping. I need you to help me come up with two more based on this feedback. Chat GPT is going to do the brain power part that you don't always have the time to. It will spit something out that's like, they said this, 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 and this. Have you considered this being your value? And I'm telling you guys, chat GPT is so good. You're like, yes, that's a great way to put it. Chat GPT is not going to take your job, but someone who gets really good at using chat GPT will. So don't underestimate the power of asking AI, like, here's all this dragnet of data. 
what are our choices? It takes a lot of brain power to think this through on your own. Do you want to grow an apple tree and pick apples off of your tree and eat them once a year or twice a year? Or do you want to be able to go to the store and be like, look at all these apples. They're better than what I would have grown. They're readily available. There's more variety. And this is just a better experience. That's what it's like to use ChatGPT. So then you and the leadership team, like you guys just take your takeaways and go say, these are my recommendations. Let everybody debate, read the book, Fierce Conversations, and check out the episode Christy Williams and I did about how to keep conversations on track. Come up with some new values and then show your employees survey again or reveal it at the all hands. Be like, this is our first draft of our new values. Go through what they mean and why you picked them. You can't tell employees what to do. You have to tell them why. Tell them, listen, a lot of you couldn't recall our values. And again, that's on us for not reiterating it. This is supposed to be a framework by which you make decisions. We're hoping that this feels more like something that you can very easily buy into and rely on when you need to make tough decisions about how to treat each other, how to make a decision on a project, or whether or not you should take that day off. Once you reveal it, survey everyone and be like, what do you think of this value? Do you feel like this value aligns with our mission and vision? And do you think that this is something that will help you in your day to day? From there, once you get everyone bought in, like, yeah, these are great values. Don't stop there. Remind your people managers, say in your workshops that you hold with them, because that should happen once a month. If you don't have time for this stuff, it's time to ask your CEO, we need someone to focus on the employee experience. We need someone making sure we're paying attention to what it's like to get the work done. Otherwise, we're never going to figure out why everyone's disengaged. But in your workshops, you tell your, your managers, you say, when there's moments where everyone in your team is paying attention, like a meeting that's getting out of hand or a deadline that was missed with an employee. Here's two examples. A manager could say, hey, According to our value of fail fast and fail hard, we missed this deadline. That's on me for not making a safe environment for you to feel like you could tell me that things were off track or maybe our project management tool. We need to revisit the process in the future. I want you to know that's why that value exists is for you to tell me sooner so I can step in and not save you, but help you figure out your options and make sure that you do hit your deadlines so that you do hit your goals. So you do get your bonus or whatever. Say another one of your values was radical candor, which is a great book by the way, but that insinuates that people communicate respectfully, but efficiently. So if a meeting gets out of hand with two employees, but the whole team was on, then you workshop your managers to be like, Hey, if this happens, you pull those two employees aside, say against the radical candor value. It looks like you two have something that we need to talk through and we need to do that respectfully. And I need to remind you that we are here as a team and yada, yada. And then you help those two figure it out. And then you go back to the team and without those two, and you say, Hey, in that meeting, you know, maybe you've noticed the energy shift. I just want you to know that on this team, we operate by radical candor and we are respectful. And if you want to talk about what happened in that meeting, you can come to me because I want to create a psychologically safe environment for all of you to feel safe, to share your opinions without feeling like you will ever be judged or be uncomfortable with the other people in that meeting. The managers are an extension of you to reiterate your values. They need to maybe be coming to you with examples of how they lived by the values that week, or they need to report to you when employees live by their values or when someone goes above and beyond and it laddered up to a value. Pingboard has a peer recognition feature for this. That's just like so easy to, to call out people for their great work because what gets rewarded gets repeated. But that's how you get everyone to start living, breathing, understanding, and reiterating your mission, your vision, your values. Every all hands should start with, Hey everybody, whether you're new or you've been here for 10 years, this is our mission. This is our vision. 
And these are the values. And you could even come up with an example where you pull up peer recognition that ladders up to one of the values each time. It's like, this was this person that went above and beyond for a customer. This person went above and beyond and did something that optimized something. This person is just really amazing and incredible and adds to our culture. So again, there's an episode coming on culture next week, but the big takeaway here is your mission is who you are. Your vision is who you want to be. And your values are supposed to help your employees make decisions. Yes, that all sounds nice and dandy. How does that help drive engagement? I touched on it a little bit, but if you don't have these in place and it's just not a process that's unfolding, if this is just not something that employees are bought into, then you're just hoping everybody treats each other well. And there's nothing to point to. Even if you know you need to fire someone, you say, hey, you violated this value. Like this would be a really extreme example. Maybe someone did something really toxic to a customer or there are values even baked into the negativity of getting the work done of like this yucko thing happened. And it's just like, you're not living by our values. This is, you know, we wish you the best. We need to end our working relationship with you. When your employees are operating with your mission, vision, and values in mind, you won't have to do so much work to figure out why the way the work gets done is so busted or why there seems to be so much toxicity on teams because managers should be able to parole and manage and lead through the values. And you shouldn't have to deal with so much drama when your managers are properly trained to lead up talented, psychologically safe, productive teams that operate under your values. Then your managers operate under the values with each other. Then your leadership team operates under the values. And then just over time, you just revisit this and make sure employees every once in a while, just make that part of the game is like, who can stand up every once in a while? Who knows the year we were founded? Who knows who our first customer was, who knows who can name our values, who can name our mission, who can name our vision, do that kind of fun stuff at your all hands just to keep it fresh. And um, if you don't have any of these, now you know how to build them. If you do have them and they're old and they're stale and you just know it, now you know how to fix it. And if you didn't know that they might be old or stale, now you know how to go ask employees and be like, do you even use this? And if they're like, no, then you can say, okay, I needed to know that. That's a big part of the employee experience. I'm going to go optimize that. Deliver a better employee experience and you will drive engagement. That's the entire employee journey from start to finish. And that's noisy and messy, but that's why there's tools like Pingboard, which is the the company that brings you this show that makes sure that the little stuff that you don't have time to worry about, like remembering to start a survey, remembering to close it, remembering that a manager should be holding one-on-ones, updating your org chart, making sure people are saying thank you, making sure new hires feel like they have an onboarding resource to figure out who's who and who does what and learn names and faces. I mean, there's just only so much you can do at a certain employee headcount. And I would say after 15, 20 employees, it can be a little rowdy. You can't do it all. You need a tool that helps make sure the things that you don't have time for are still happening and save your brain power for the problem solving parts of what do your survey results say? What are the patterns? Who's getting the most recognition? Is someone up for a promotion? You know, things like that. I hope you enjoyed this little Christy masterclass of your mission, vision, and value statement. And next week, we're going to talk about how to diagnose your culture, which is part two of making sure your mission and your vision and your values are aligned with what your employees are expecting, what your customers are expecting and that everyone feels like it's a system that works for them. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next time.